Jimmy Smith, he goes for the shot in the back of the net. Keep your eye on goal of the day. That's got to be a contender early on. He takes the right for the shot. Oh my goodness me! And you would, as a Crawley fan, begin to believe the three points are yours. It is the best night of Crawley Town's lives. And there may be more to come. Hello, welcome to the second episode of Straight Reds. In this pod, we'll be discussing and dissecting the somewhat mood-swinging duo of matches to have graced the Broadfield Stadium this past week, including an exclusive post-match interview with Captain Jimmy. We'll give you the lowdown on the Reds' next opposition, as well as what's been talked about in Broadfield Buzz, a league roundup, Ewan's got a game, and of course, Sergio's back. Yeah, thank you for joining us. And before we get underway with the first of the three match reviews since episode one, we did want to say a quick thank you for all the support that you've been giving us on Twitter and on the uh, podcast download feedback areas for what you thought about episode one. And even we were quite overwhelmed with the support before we even released episode one. Just when we put it out on Twitter that there was a new uh, podcast coming out, the support was absolutely sort of pretty overwhelming, wasn't it, Jonathan? Yeah, very much so. Um, It's far many more followers on Twitter than I could ever imagined for after the first podcast and more listens to as well over a hundred so that's I, I for me that's that's a good thing yeah absolutely over mood and we really do listen to your feedback and we're gonna that's gonna affect episode two as well um, a couple of things came in we could still do a where are they now uh, we need to give more analysis and our thoughts on the game and the reason that we didn't I think in the first episode Jonathan we fell into a trap as AD commentators where our job really is just to describe the action and not really have time for reviews and analysis. And I think we just fell into that sort of commentary um, scenario. So we'll change that. We've got loads and loads of notes over the last three games and we will be giving our absolute honest thoughts and analysis on those games. One bit of feedback that did come back, Jonathan, was quite strong. I'm going to read out a few tweets. Stuart Frost said, great first episode, guys. Uh, didn't really like the time-wasting. Um, <laughs> Tim Lubinsky said, the time-wasting game was a bit lame. Carol Bates said the time-wasting game about random things. Not sure about that. And Roy Savage said, I don't think the time-wasting game worked. Okay, okay. I think we, I think <laughs> we get the idea that my game was not applicable to this podcast. But uh, I think some people did find it quite fun hearing about your uh, fashion and, and jean choices. Hey, <laughs> but it, it's not coming back. There, there's gonna, we're going to try one more time. I'm going to try again this time. It's going to be football and crawl related. If it doesn't work in episode two, you'll never see another game again, but we'll give it a go. <laughs> so um, let's move on to the review. First of all, Jonathan, of Port Vale v Crawley. Yes, Ewan. Well, a lot has happened between now and when Port Vale uh, played Crawley. So if you just want to give us, a, a, I guess, a short overview of, of what happened in that game. Yeah, well, as we know, it was a 1-0 loss, Hannah, in the 20th minute. Now, you've got to look at the stats here, first of all. 61% possession for Crawley, 16 shots, one on target. I'm going to jump quickly just to a couple of comments after the game from Harry Kewell and George Frankham. Kewell mentioned that the pitch was bone dry and bobbly, which was the, obviously... Port Vale's game plan all week, his words, they got a scrappy goal, stood fended for their lives, we lost, but at least we played football. Now, again, a lot's happened since then, but it sounds like I've been drinking quite a lot of lemonade, pretty bitter, isn't it? It's an interesting comment, just of quite a few games into the season. Um, and then Frankham also said, teams know we're going to be the best possession-based team in the league, teams know how we're going to play, and we're going to keep believing in that and keep bouncing back. But then... Surely this is, I mean, I'll come on to it again for the Swindon match as well, but surely you've got to then adapt your play 
to deal with the fact that the opposition now know how you're going to be playing. And if they can, you know, counteract that really easily, then there's no point us playing good football in that sense because it's not going to get you anywhere. It's a really interesting comment, isn't it? Because teams, they can read us like a book. You, you, all you've got to do is watch 10 minutes of a Crawley game and you know we send everything from the back, from Morris to the left and right backs, and down the wings, cross it in and hope Oli Palmer gets ahead on it. It's every single piece of play we do. So Frank and McCool have said it there. We play a particular way. Teams know how we're going to play. And what's the use in 61% possession and 16 shots if it's going to come out with a 1-0 loss? I find it quite bizarre. And I was watching Monday Night Football with Neville and Carragher um, after that game. And they were discussing new and modern managers' tactics and how they only ever stick to plan A. And they were discussing, how long do you let that go on for? Neville was completely in the mind that you just let the manager get on with it and do his thing. Um, whereas Carragher was the absolutely opposite. You, you've got to have a plan B. Um, I, I don't know what the absolute answer is. Um, I mean, we've got a plan A. And yes, we've got lots of new players in. And again, Kewell's been over, over a year now. Same last year. He had one idea and they stuck with it all throughout the season. But with a half a new team coming in, it's like learning that process all over again. And Crawley, as we've seen in all three games, there doesn't seem to be any plan B whatsoever. And how long, I mean, how long do you go on like that? Mm, very much so. And also, quick question, is this the kind of style of football that's going to get you through League Two? Because there's, there's different styles of football that generally happen in each division in, in the Football League and going into the Premier League. And I feel that the passing play kind of tactical football that Harry Kills wanted to go for is maybe League One championship kind of style. And League Two maybe can be slightly more direct, a little bit more brash. And that's why we've seen quite a few, I guess, sloppy goals and scrappy goals being put past Crawley because that's what teams come here to do. They come here to score a goal, shut up shop. And, and take the points home because that's what's going to win you promotion. Yeah, so let's leave Port Vale there anyway. Again, a lot's happened since then, so we're not going to dwell on the loss because we know we've got four points in the last two. So let's move uh, straight on to the following game against Swindon. Yes, well, Swindon were the first of the two visitors to the Broadfield Stadium this past week. And generally, this past week has been action-packed, hasn't it really, Ewan? Absolutely bizarre. We could not have predicted any of this would have happened, I don't think. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll go over the stats a little bit more in a second, but you wanted opinions. We're going to give you opinions and our opinions as well on this game. Uh, obviously, Swindon went down to nine men. First of all, Crawley later on went down to 10 men. But at that point, when Swindon went down to nine men uh, later on in the second half, I felt that Crawley were going to win. And I just, as soon as I saw that second red card, I thought, well, we're going to see a win here. Even though Crawley were 2-1 down at the time, I thought there's no way that Swindon are going to be able to deal with the pressure that Crawley are going to now put on them. And then the further through the match we got, I thought, hang on a second, the pressure's actually mounting on Crawley here, even though they've got the 11 players on the pitch. They're behind 2-1 here, and they're still having to, you know, try and play a move through essentially two banks of four that are now defending pretty solidly against them. And again, like you said for the, for the um, Port Vale game, they're just trying to play down the wing again and, and cross into the box. And Swindon, they've got men back now and they can defend that and they can read that. And I think from the first 15 minutes of the game, they, they were reading Crawley pretty easily and being able to basically defend against all the crosses that have been delivered into the box. And Crawley as well, they, I don't think they helped themselves. I think the crosses 
weren't really being delivered into the box. They were being crossed miles over the box out to the other side or crossed into the near post where someone would just head it back out again. I don't know what you thought about that, Ewan. And it, it, absolutely right. And again, there wasn't really a plan B, even though it was 2-1 when it went, they went down to nine men just after the, um, uh, the, the Palmer goal. But again, nothing changed. It was just everything, everything, absolutely down the wing every time, crossing the balls in. I mean, you're playing against nine men. Just, I, I just want Crawley to, just a couple of times, just take it straight down the middle. Um, if we go back to the first half and the two goals, first of all, the first goal uh, for Swindon, absolute balls up at the back, Frankham and Morris. And the second goal, I mean, I, I'm Glenn Morris's biggest fan, but beating at the near post like that, not fantastic for Morris. Um, and the same thing again happened um, uh, against Berry, which we'll come on to. So not two great goals. And the manager and a couple of players afterwards said, look, they're not the kind of goals we want to be given away. Um, but then to come back from that and spend 40 minutes at 2-1 down, just pinging crosses in. I think when Grego Cox came on, I think he came on in the 77th minute. And I think in those 15 minutes, he must have put about 20 crosses in in those 15 minutes. And again, no plan B whatsoever. And it wasn't working, wasn't working. And it wasn't until the 98th minute when Kamara picked up that loose ball, chased it back, and fair play to Panucci for picking up that ball. I don't think he got enough credit for what he did there to get uh, Mar um, Palmer into that position. And it wasn't until we ran through the middle for the first time in the 98th minute that we finally got that peno and um, absolutely sort of saved Red's blushes. Yeah, like you say, it's, it's when Crawley go for a more direct approach and change things up that they catch the opposition off off guard because Swindon, like you say, are expecting that ball to come into the box from a wing and to head it out and it caught them off guard. We were fortunate enough to be able to be awarded a penalty due to a loose challenge in the penalty box and coolest head in the world, I think, to be able to tuck that away, Ollie Palmer, because he must have been under so much pressure to equalise in essentially what was the last kick of the game and Crawley really needed that. Absolutely. And he's an absolute red hero already this season. Five goals in five games, including, including Berry. He's an, having an absolute stormer. couple of things to pick up on. Nathaniel George, what a player. I was just about to say that. What a player. He's absolute signing. Absolute. To come from non-league Hendon, isn't it? Non-league Hendon that he came from. Crawley, I think this is a speciality of theirs, that they've managed to pick up quite a few good non-league players over the seasons. And they haven't been, you know, obviously like massive wonder kids who have gone on to be, you know, sold for six figures or whatever. But that's not what we're asking for. We're asking for, you know, someone who can come in on the cheap and deliver good quality for Crawley. And, and again, another player to keep your eye on. And another one as well, a notable um, absence from the, from the starting 11 after 29 straight starts for Crawley going in back into last season. Young found himself on the bench. Now, this might be divisive. I'm a massive fan of Lewis Young, but then also... Down the right-hand side, he's the guy that's sending a lot of these crosses in in the first few games. And they're not wonderful crosses, but he makes a nuisance of himself down the right-hand side. But Frankham and Marias down that right, it, it's, I think he's going to struggle to get his place back in that squad with those two doing mm. so well down the right. They look absolutely fantastic. Um, and, and you can't lose one of those for Lewis Young at the moment, I think. I think this is a, a, a prime example of, of what Harry's been saying in a lot of post-match uh, interviews, where he says that players have got to train hard and I've got to show him that they deserve a place in the team and no one has their place in the team given to them just because of their name or just because of what they've done in the past. They've got to earn it. I think we mentioned um, during our commentary at the weekend, 
that Harry Kewell has said he wants the players to train as if they're in first-team matches. Um, and There's now, for the first time in a couple of seasons that I can remember, real strength and depth on the bench and two people fighting for lots of particular places on the pitch. The stats for the Swindon game, um, again, we heard Frankham say about the possession-based football and Crawley for Swindon again. They had 55% possession. Not surprising, especially including the, the second half when they were two men up. But 19 shots to Swindon's six and 17 corners to Swindon's four. Those stats tell you Crawley should have been winning that game 3-2, 4-2, even more. Mm. Um, it, it's kind of worrying. I, I, I'm, and again, I'm, I'm a bit of a fan of Harry Kewell. I don't mind that he's sticking to the same piece of gameplay. Plenty of new players come in. Last season, he had a whole season to do it, but then half the team was taken away. So they're kind of learning that whole process again. Team is starting to gel together again. You can see that happening now. I'm still not completely convinced by Connolly and Vince Lowe at the back. Um, all the game, all sort of the goals we've been given away, it has come through the centre. Morris has been caught at the near post a few times. Again, we'll come on to, to Berry shortly. Um, I think that's still a weak point. I love Mark Connolly, but I don't think we've seen the best of him this season no, so not far. No, at all. not at all. I think he's really missing Josh Yeoworth at the back. They were a really good partnership. Uh, something also I think worth noting is only two of the players who started against Swindon were playing in that tie a year ago to that day. That's, that how, much the, that's how much the team has changed uh, in a year, which kind of shows you a lack of consistency. I guess you are going to have to be ready to deal with the fact that players are not going to really be gelling together that well this, this point in the season. And also, Ewan, this is, I know, a, a gripe of yours, there were people leaving the ground oh my goodness. before the end oh of the game goodness, and mate. they missed that equaliser. I'm not kidding, right? I, I, I cannot get my head around it. And I get the other side of the argument. You've paid your money, you're a season ticket holder, you can come in and leave whenever you want to. But when your team is just one goal down, fighting against nine men, and you're in the 96th minute with two minutes added time, and people around us were leaving. Mm. I don't get it. And I, I, I kind of, especially when Payne got the red card in the 96th minute and they got that free kick, I think people said, you know what, this is pathetic. How can we not beat nine men? But there's still, there is still time. And yeah. it was absolutely proven in that 98th minute goal. I'm aware that some people sort of leave their seats and move towards the exits and watch from the corner flag. Or from the from the sort of the concourse area, I get that. But you can also people see people leaving the stadium. There's two minutes to go. We're playing nine men, and we're peppering the opponent's box absolutely non-stop. What? What? I can't get. I cannot get my head around that. I, think, I never will. I think if any this this past week has taught us anything, it's don't leave a Crawley game early because anything can happen. Because like we've seen over these past few games, we're now going to move on. I think to Berry, but in the Berry game as well. The, the the lead changed hands so many times that it could have been anyone's game uh, come the end of the 90 minutes. Absolutely. Right, let's move on to Berry anyway. You're right, John. Let's move on to Berry because this is this is a really good one. Another thrilling game at the Broadfield. I mean, looking back, when you think of fantastic games at the Broadfield, not including Derby, which will never, ever be beaten, I don't believe. <laughs> um, but when, when I think back to exciting games, I think about beating Wolves 2-1. 
I think about when Matty Harold went in goal versus MK Dons and MK Dons scored the equaliser in about the 95th minute and they, they, they reacted like they won the league and all they'd done is score against a striker who'd been in goal for about 80 minutes or something ridiculous. And I felt Swindon was one of those nights that's going to live for a long time in the memory. Classic game, Tuesday night, under the lights, how often do you get to wear a T-shirt at the Broadfield <laughs> in, on an evening game? Just one of those really, really memorable nights and a memorable finish to the game as well. And we thought, wow, that was incredible. And then Saturday, it kind of all happens again. Yeah, uh, I know we've just spent a good five minutes moaning about crossing and how Crawley can't do it. But, you know... Three, three minutes into the game, a cross <laughs> comes in and Jimmy Smith gets his head on it. So in, in, Harry, <laughs> in Harry Cure, we trust. Very much so. It, it was fantastic. A, a beautiful cross from Frankham guided into to Jimmy Smith pretty nicely. And, and that just shows you when a cross is executed nicely, it, it can be pulled off. And I guess they caught Barry off guard in a, in, in a way as well because it was so early on in the match. And also Barry came into that match not off a good run of form really either well yeah both both on four points at the start of the game so both sort of early in the season again but you want to start getting at least mid-table and moving your way up and um, you don't want to get stuck down the bottom um the first 35 minutes absolutely blistering start from Crawley great great to work. best 35 minutes I've seen at the Broadfield this this season absolutely easily and then that that Moraes goal yeah, on 20 it, it, minutes, that was. And now, I've, you've watched the replays, I'm sure, and on the replays, it doesn't really show you the, the first and second phase of play. And we've heard a few times now it's offside for, for I think it was against Jimmy Smith, um, around about 30 seconds before that shot took place. But there's nowhere on camera that we've actually seen it. Maybe you've got it on iFollow when I follow. Um, and you paid your £10 and watched it that way. And maybe you can sort of inform some of us somehow. Um, but what an absolutely cracking goal. And then two minutes later, I've never seen anything like it, disallowed. Just There was no no f- foul cry from, from um, <laughs> Berry whatsoever. They were ha- not happy with the goal, but they accepted the goal. Everybody came back. Referee came back. Then we looked down at the lino and he, he's having a chat in his ear. Anyway, goal not given. And the tempo... Over the next 10 minutes, it maintained, but then it completely switched. And it's almost like that disallowed goal gave Berry a, a sort of like a, a lease of life. And it really got the Crawley players kind of down a bit and frustrated. You saw on the touchline, Harry Kuehl, Warren Feeney, I would not like to be that linesman. No. Because for, <laughs> for the rest of that half, he was absolutely berated. And I saw him doing part of his job. He had to run up to the halfway line. And every single time, Kuehl and Feeney, in his ear, in his ear, you're an idiot. And call him all sorts of things and all sorts of suggestions. What a terrible time for him. Um, and the crowd gave him some as well at half time. If I may just uh, interject into that. Just on a side note, generally with either players or managers having to go at officials, is that needed? Because we all know that no matter how much Harry Kuehl starts moaning in that guy's ear, they're not going to turn around and say, actually, you know, have the goal. But they're not going to give the goal back. But maybe later in the game, we've seen referees even things up later in the game. And you go, no, what? You know, that, that's kind of a 50-50, but I've made a mistake previously. He, he, he clearly didn't think he'd made a mistake. He thought he'd make the right decision. But we've seen situations in all different leagues and all different levels where a referee evens things up after a poor decision earlier in the game. Yeah, I completely agree with your 
sort of thoughts that uh, when that goal was disallowed, that Berry saw a little chink in the in the Crawley armour and stuck their foot in and managed to kind of sap the life out of of Crawley as they went into half time. And I think going into half time, in fact, I think Berry was slightly beginning to turn the tide in in their direction. Yeah, definitely. No, even though Crawley were on top, I think solidly for the first half an hour and and coming out into the second half, something worth noting again is that. Just like on Tuesday night against Swindon, Berry were the first team out onto the pitch by a good seven or eight minutes and completely entitled to have your 15 minutes to chat to your team and everything. But what does that say when the home team are walking out and the opposition are there standing ready and, and, and waiting for you? It, it, I, I feel like it must get inside the players' heads a little bit. They, as were, well. they were out ridiculously early. It wasn't a couple of minutes before the second half. It, it, they were out there for a good five, six minutes, like you say. So I, I've not seen that before either. And maybe that was a tactic. And if it was, it worked. Mm. Because uh, Dagnall picked up a goal um, not too far into the second half. And for me, it was kind of, well, it's Absolutely poor defending from Crawley. It, it happened in slow motion to me. It was like a pass. Yeah. It was like a pass that went in. And again, I'm one of Glenn Morris's biggest, biggest fans, and that's another goal let in at the near post. And even their second goal, we've seen him save goals like that. But he, he's the type of player that you can let him off, and he, he's not going to frustrate the fans by letting in a couple of goals. He's a bit like, if, if Danny Bourne gives away a penalty, you think, oh, it's all right, it's Danny Bourne, we'll forgive him. And that's how I feel about Glenn Morris. In the last couple of years, he's been worth 15 points a season. He's the fans player of the season of the last two years, absolutely rightly so. And he's already made some cracking goal um, saves this season. Um, but I think for his standard, he won't be happy with those goals going in whatsoever. Not at all, no. And, and Dagnall had so much time to pick up his head in the penalty area, choose where he was going to place it, and then literally just place it into the back of the net. And yeah, I, I feel like Crawley just switched off for a couple of seconds there and it cost them. And after that goal went in, Crawley, I think, looked even more like a beaten team. And their body language was just so down. They were so lethargic to get back onto the ball uh, and to make passes and to make runs. And it was a completely different team. I think if, if you'd shown someone a segment from the first half of the game and then shown them a segment from the, that initial second half of the game, that you would have thought it was you know, two separate occasions that this team were playing on because they looked like a completely separate team. And, uh, well, Berry kept on probing Crawley's goal with dangerous breakaways and it was last-ditch tackles that were saving Crawley from going behind. And then in the second, 77th minute, absolute beautiful counter-attack. I can't take anything away from, from Berry for this. It was, in fact, it kind of reminded me of of the times that I've played FIFA when uh, it's very much a I FIFA thought you goal. were going to say reminds me of my own career. <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately, I don't have a glittering career. <laughs> but no, a glittering career on FIFA. We all like to dream sometimes. A fantastic um, counter-attack by Berry and uh, very nicely uh, tucked away for them to put them into the lead. And at that point, I, I genuinely did think that, you know, this is going to be another time where Crawley started off so strongly and then have thrown thrown their lead away. It was right. And as you say, it was a real proper slick move from Berry. But again, it's that centre pairing, Connolly and Vincelo. It, it, it just doesn't look as strong as it was with Connolly and Yorworth yet uh, last season. So hopefully that will come to some sort of fruition um, as time passes. And like you say, they were 2-1 down and it didn't look good whatsoever. But then all of a sudden... In yeah. the 80, and do you know what Jonathan said to me <laughs> during commentary on the eight, on, just as it ticked over 80th minute, Berry have conceded or scored a goal in every single game so far this season within the last 10 minutes. 
A minute later. <laughs> a minute later. Um, unfortunately, I think we can all agree now, it wasn't Punipje Kamara. And during commentary, as soon as the goal went in, after I described the goal, of course, I turned to Jonathan and said, that was an own goal. Yeah, it, it very much did look like it. Um, but I guess because there were so many heads in, in that box, you can't really tell. It was the opposite side of the pitch for us. I checked on Twitter and, and other sort of online accounts and they all reported Panucci Kamara at that time. I think that was just gone off the BBC report. And he did seem to be the one that reeled away from the box and ran towards... It was Smith across crossed it in, wasn't it? Yeah. And he sort of reeled away towards Smith. Um, so we, we can sort of forgive them for that. But if you look back at the replays, in fact, he doesn't even jump for the ball. He actually ducks. <laughs> when the ball comes in, he ducks. And um, I think it comes off... Is it Gold Amateobi? Did he get the... It was his. I, I believe so. It, it, I think it was... Clear, it was, it was clearly an own goal. But um, so... One thing to take away from the game, before we haven't finished the review yet, but it's nice to see some other people scoring for Crawley. Um, Notably, of course, Jimmy Smith. Ollie Palmer, I mean, he's on at the moment for 46 goals this season. He's on that (laughs) Five in five he has, actually. (laughs) Absolutely. So he's going to be on for 46. He's going to be hopefully the number he gets to in the end. But, I mean, you can can definitely see Nathaniel George scoring. You can see Polian scoring. He's been fab. I think you can see Grego Cox scoring. I see (laughs) Panuche Kamara score. I would like to see him get a proper goal. Um... And it's nice to see, although it hasn't happened yet, there's definitely goal scorers in that team. And ultimately, what we can take from these two games, although we've just said it didn't look too fun when they went 2-1 down, they've been twice this week in losing positions, no points, to come back and ultimately get four. Yes, uh, and it's crazy how the game changed momentum when that goal went in, because 90 seconds later, we thought obviously Kamara had scored that equalising goal. Kamara then tucked the ball into the back of the net again. Crawley fans couldn't really believe what was going on. It was kind of dreamland, really. And then more added drama. That goal was disallowed. Yeah, I think it was three goals disallowed in total, wasn't it? So incredible game. And we haven't even described yet um, Palmer's goal in the 88th minute. Now, a lot of his goals this season, all bar the penalty and one of the, have come from, from heads and crosses coming in. So, and he's a big, strong lad in the box, tall, strong, like a Trojan in the box. And that's what we haven't had for a long time. But he's also a bit of a messy with his feet, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I think Harry Kuhl has actually told him to pass the ball off and, and wait for that cross in, into the box because that's what he's good at. But he took things into his own hands and I'm really pleased that he did. You must have seen the footage on, on Twitter or somewhere. He actually takes it around two players, loses the ball goes back to get it again and then takes on those two players again, two more, and then slots it under the keeper. Um, Absolutely fab. And the one thing I love about Oli Palmer is the emotion when he celebrates. He absolutely is so involved in the shirt and the team. Do you remember when... It it reminds me completely the opposite of Isaiah McLeod. He's got a lot of goals for Crawley, Mm. but he never looked happy. He sort of reeled away towards the crowd, looked a bit smug, a bit annoying. And I thought... Fantastic, we're scoring goals, but he just doesn't seem to have the club at his heart. Palmer does. Every single goal, heart on his sleeve, absolutely loving it, and we love it watching it too. Yeah, I was really pleased also that that goal went in and that the game did finish with Crawley winning because there were so many controversial talking points within this game, so many disallowed goals that went against Crawley's way that had Crawley maybe not have scored that winner at the end or even equalised would have I think all of those talking points would have taken over the headlines and it probably would have got Crawley down that they would have felt that nothing is ever going their way the referees you know are doing a bad job for us blah 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 kind of thing and I'm I'm really pleased that they did manage to get the win because of that and it didn't take the headlines and one thing I think is really notable the equaliser 
against Swindon and the winner against Berry, they both came from positions where they ra- Crawley ran into the box. It wasn't a cross that got those goals. They got the previous goals in the game. But Swindon, Kamara got the ball and then Palmer ran into the box, got the penalty. The winner against Berry, it wasn't a cross. Palmer got the ball, ran into the box. Yeah, very much so. And I think I think results will start coming Crawley's way now that they've got that confidence and, and, and belief they can re- reap the rewards of Harry's system that he's trying to play. And uh, if you'd asked me after Tuesday night what my feelings were for Crawley going forward, I probably wouldn't have given a very positive answer. But I think Crawley really did show some strong character in, in Saturday's win. Um, they showed the ability to bounce back from a losing position in which they did look pretty down and out. And and now going forward, I think they can use those moments in the game to hopefully spark them in the matches that they continue to play. Ewan, you had a chat with the captain himself, didn't you? I did indeed, yeah. After the game, so we've had our thoughts. Now, let's listen to the thoughts of the captain, goal scorer and man of the match, Jimmy Smith. Spoke to him a few minutes after the game. This is what he had to say. Cool, Jimmy, thanks for joining us. Uh, Nine goals in two games, never dull at the Broadfield, is it? I know, we made it hard work for ourselves. Um, Like I said, but like I said, the character of the lads, obviously wanting to push on on to that last minute. You see that on Tuesday as well, getting the equaliser and today getting the winner. So it's fantastic for all of us. Oli Palmer, five goals in five games, but also now other people scoring, which is so important. Yeah, Gaffer says that. We've got to get goals from all areas, whether it's the people from um, people at the back, uh, set plays and stuff like that. So myself, he wants me to get forward like I did last year and that's that's my duty. That's what I've got to do. Absolutely. Uh, Lots of new faces in the team. Is it starting to gel together now? Yeah, it was going to take a little bit of time, but I think this season we've got the characters been there. Like I said, it's done it. The likes of Philippe, the likes of Romain, has been at good teams, um, Oli. Um, and it's people that want to set standards day in, day out, and that's what I like, and that's what the gaffer likes, what everyone wants to see. Um, every day we're working hard, uh, pushing each other, and that's what you've got to do. Four points in two home games. Did Harry set a target for those two games, or is it just relief that you've got those four? What's the sort of feeling in the changing room? Them two games, we wanted six points. We felt that we should have had it. Um, we let ourselves down on Tuesday. Obviously, then getting back into it, we started well. Like I said, I think on Tuesday, we should have t- took our chances a little bit better. But today, we had loads of chances. We had t- I felt that we had two goals disallowed that shouldn't have been. And the game could have been uh, dead in the first half with the 2-0 lead. I don't think they would have pushed on, but... That, that goal cancelled out. Um, I think it gave that little bit of edge to try and get back into the game. But like I said, the character of the boys to keep going to the 90 odd minutes is fantastic. And Marais's goal, any explanation? Have you ever seen anything like that? It was it was two minutes after it at the back of the net. Perfect. He came over to me. I think we had a free kick just before that and I made a run in behind. And then I think they've cleared it and the phase is obviously gone. So I think it's gone to our left back, then it's gone to our midfield and then he's got it and had the shot. And the Linos feels that he's, got, he's been able to give the offside for that, which I don't know. Yeah, pretty, pretty bizarre. Um, lots of good players signed in the summer, lots of good ones left as well. Is there any expectations on the season as a whole? We said in uh, the beginning of the season we want to be up there, we want to achieve something. We have a good squad. Um, like I said, we just take each game as it goes and see where it gets us. Uh, we're in a good position at the moment, um, but we're not going to get carried away. We've got another hard game next week and we take each game as it comes. Um, we've got a group that's mentally strong and wants to achieve something and like I said, hopefully we can. Absolutely. Um, fair result today, 3-2. I mean, at 1-0 up, it looked like it was absolutely cruising, especially when Felipe's non-goal went in. Um, then it made it very quite tough for yourself at the start of the second half. 2-1 down. What, how do you get that mentality to get it back to 3-2? 
again, I say it was from the characters, from the boys, from within, everyone demanding from each other, not uh, let, uh, letting it slip. Um, obviously, we felt we should have been 2-0 up in the first half. I felt we battered them in the first half. We had good uh, link-up play, getting the ball out wide, joy in the box, uh, which creating loads of chances. Um, for the goal to be disallowed, I feel like I said, I think that helped them to get back into the game. I think fitness-wise, we was all over them as well, and that's down to what we do every single day. And like I said, we deserve the three points again. And you got seven days now before the next game against Oldham. Two frantic games here in the last four days. Do you rest or do you just carry on training? Uh, no, we'll have, I think, tomorrow off. I'm not sure about Monday. Um, but like I said, uh, we'll be back on it and focus now that this game's gone now. The gaffer and the rest of the staff will be focusing on, on Oldham what formation and how, what their weaknesses are and stuff like that and we'll be straight on it uh, this week and finally back to yourself missed the first couple of games of the season you're back fully fit now yeah um, obviously it's been frustrating for myself over the summer I picked it up sort of towards the end of last season and um, it was hard for me because I would have come back in pre-season I still wasn't right but I worked hard with the fitness guy and that had a few injections and shrimp work and stuff uh, but now I'm back fit I feel good cool. and one goal one bottle of champagne in your hand as well congratulations cheers thank you <laughs> Well, it's great to hear from Jimmy there. Thanks for chatting to him, Ewan. We'll look to bring uh, a couple more interviews of different players in the Crawley Town team as the matches go on. And uh, it's also great to hear that uh, Jimmy's back in fit and, and raring to go. He's been missed. Well, this is our Red Opposition segment where we're going to chat briefly about uh, the upcoming games. We've got a few games between now and the next podcast. Uh, up next this coming Saturday is... Uh, our trip to Oldham. They're up north again, <laughs> Greater Manchester, pretty close to, to Bury. In fact, they border them. And in terms of previous meetings, we've only played them during our three seasons in, in League One. Uh, so quite a few years ago, we've won twice, we've drawn twice and we've lost twice. So you are not really that much to, I guess, pull from that kind of statistic. They too, like Bury, join League Two this year after being relegated from League One. And interestingly, unlike Bury, they were the best of the team from the League One drop zone. They were only a couple of points from safety compared to Berry, who were a good 15 points uh, down the bottom of the table. So in terms of this season, they currently sit eighth in the table, six places above Crawley with two wins, two draws and a loss, which they suffered on the opening day against MK Dons, who also were another team who dropped down from League One to League Two this season. They come into this weekend's match off the back of a 2-0 win against Morecambe, which was very much a snatch-and-grab win for Oldham as Morecambe dominated the game for long periods of time. I think this is quite notable for Crawley because Crawley, in you know, previous games this season, have dominated games but have really kind of struggled to, to score that goal in order to get them the points. I'm going to chip in there. We had no responses for our quest for a red on the road. Now, we're going to make this as easy as possible. If you do go to the away games, we really want to hear from you. So all you need to do, when you're on the bus or the car home, not if you're driving, if you're a passenger in a bus or a car on the way home, if you can just record a 60-second voice memo on your iPhone or your Android phone, and then get in touch with us on Twitter, DM us messages, and we'll give you an email address to send that to. You can be our red on the road for that uh, away game to Oldham in episode three. Yeah, it'd be great to hear from you. So moving on to the next game that uh, Crawley will be playing, that'll be back at the Broadfield, and it's... It's the English Football League Trophy, also known as the Checker Trade Trophy. Give it and its proper name. <laughs> Tottenham under-21, they're the team who come. How do we feel about an under-21 team being in this, in, in this competition? Again, I think it splits opinion, but the majority are on the don't want them. 
side, unfortunately. Uh, me personally, I don't think I don't see what it brings to the competition. It's a bit like in a pre-season friendly when we say we're playing Chelsea eleven. <laughs> it's not Chelsea, so nobody really cares. Um, it, it's it's the kids. Maybe one day one of them will be in the uh, Premier League superstar. I think last season they were allowed up to two players up to the age of 25. There's something so, yeah. like that. So whether that's the same this season, I've no idea. But again, it's one of those competitions where it, you know, it gives you a chance to go to Wembley. But unless you get to the final, it, uh, it's, it feels like a bit of a waste of time. I was going to say, it'll be interesting to see how Carrie Kuehl plays this because does he start a strong team? Does he keep momentum going with the, with the squad that are essentially going to be playing league matches? Or does he give a kind of a rotation and, and a chance for players on the fringe of the team to come in and play? The thing is, I know we've got a bit of strength in depth in particular places, but we haven't got that squad of 25 that you need to be playing in these competitions. No matter what team we put out, five or six of those are going to be starting on the two Saturdays. That's the, that's the trouble. I, I feel, yeah, I feel that obviously, yeah, we don't have a, a large team to be able to do this, but I feel that it's definitely needed that Crawley keep this continuity. Players are still gelling as a team, I feel, and it's important, I guess, for them to get as much game time as possible in order to learn how each other plays and, and to work on, on different tactics and different moves. It would be great, I think, to see Crawley do well in a cup competition, though, like you say, Ewan, I don't think this is a priority in terms of a cup competition. And although theoretically, out of all the cup competitions that Crawley have been in or will be in this season, obviously they're out of the League Cup, it's probably the cup that they have the best chance of winning. The FA Cup, of course, has more of a prospect of, of throwing up a tastier tie if Crawley get further. And so that is probably more of a an ambition for, for Crawley to get because, uh, you know, who doesn't love a tie against Manchester United? It's one of those competitions where if you win, it's great. If you lose, you don't care. It'll be yeah, interesting to see how Crawley play that. Um, it'll be nice also for a day out at Wembley, but, you know, we can all hope. Well, if we briefly touch upon the third game that will be uh, happening for Crawley uh, in the next couple of weeks, it will be against... Lincoln, who are top of the table. They've played five, obviously, as, as of all teams currently in the, in, in the league. They've won four of those, drawn one, and they've got a plus seven goal difference. That's two points they're ahead of the team in second place. It's going to be a tough tie for Crawley, but I think these next two games will probably define the degree of how well Crawley are going to be able to play against Lincoln. Well, that's our thoughts. Let's get the thoughts and uh, opinions of our favourite man, Sergio Torres. Here we are then. This is my favourite section, Sergio Says. Now, last episode, uh, let's have a look at his predictions for the last few games. He predicted uh, one all draw away at Port Vale. We lost 1-0. He predicted a 2-1 win at home to Swindon and we drew 2 all. And he did predict the win at home to Berry, but he thought 1-0 well, he won 3-2. So he's got one correct result, but no correct scores. But, so what can he do this week? So I spoke to Sergio last night, and he's gone for a nil-nil draw away at Oldham. Interesting, Interesting one. Yeah. He said the Spurs game, is a really, as we've just been speaking about, is a really difficult one to sort of uh, uh, consider a result for this one. But he's gone for a 2-1 home win against Spurs under-21s. And then for Lincoln away... It, it's his old club, actually. I didn't know this. He did play nine games for Lincoln, scoring two goals. And he corrected me. I thought it was one goal, but he corrected me. It was actually one goal in the FA Cup as well, which okay. Wikipedia didn't show. <laughs> <laughs> um, when he was on loan from Peterborough there in 2009-10 season, 
he's gone for a Lincoln 1-0 win. Interesting. Very interesting. But like we discussed as well, they, they've won five, drawn one. I think a 1-0 loss away at Lincoln, the way they're playing, wouldn't be the worst result in the world. But uh, we'll, we'll hope for better. And we also confirmed last night when I spoke to Sergio... In episode three, we're going to have an exclusive interview with the man himself. uh, And we're going to be discussing, of course, his predictions for the following few games coming up in episode three, but also his upcoming documentary, The Unknown Taurus. So something very much to look forward to in episode three from Sergio. And next, Jonathan, after your fairly appalling game in episode one, I've taken up the mantle and I've got a game for you. And it's called, Are You Ready? <laughs> I see what you did there. That's, that's, it, that's it's, a, it's a red pun, <laughs> Are You Ready? It's football related and it's Crawley related. So it's, it's already better than your game. <laughs> Quite simply, I've got five Crawley related questions. And you can play this at home as well or in the car, wherever you are. Okay. So again, better than your game, because nobody else could play along at home. <laughs> You've got 30 seconds to answer the five questions. You can pass. You'll get the answers at the end. I think I've tried to be fairly lenient on some, but also difficult on the others. We'll just see how you get on, okay? Okay. Then. So let me, let me set my clock for uh, 30 seconds. Right, Jonathan, you can start answering question one. The time will start when I finish asking the question. Do you understand? Yeah. Here we go. Are you ready? In the 2013-14 season, 32 Reds sponsored the club shirt, but they're a betting company. Who sponsored the children's size shirts? Um, uh, pass. You, you don't know, pass. We played Man United in the FA Cup, of course. Th- Crawley brought on three subs. Name one of them. Uh, Richard Brody. Correct. Question three. In 2013, still with the FA Cup, we played Reading at home at the Broadfield Stadium. Lost 3-1. Who scored after 14 seconds? Nicky Adams. He did. Uh, start of the 2010 season, which player got sent off twice in the first month? Uh, Michelle Kuypers. Correct. Final question. Big John Akindi netted 87 goals for Barnet in the past four seasons. He played 31 times for Crawley. How many goals did he bloody score for us? <laughs> like... Two? One. One, <laughs> one bloody goal, John Akindi. Away versus Shrewbury in a game we lost 2-1. I still have a fond memory of John Akindi where he was running into the penalty area. <laughs> I was behind the goal in, in the south stand and he stepped on the ball one-on-one with the goalkeeper and lost the chance. My goodness. Sorry, man. John. I, I, you know, great player. <laughs> great, great player now he went to Barnet, yes. Um, so three out of five, correct. Um, or did you get... Oh, you got that wrong. You, you said two. You got one goal. Uh, question one. 32 Red were the sponsors. The children's shirts were sponsored by local IT firm Xtech. Okay, okay. And that is Are You Ready? Give us your opinion. If it doesn't work, we'll never play a game ever again. Well, it's our penultimate section. Ewan's been uh, listening to what's been going on around the grounds in Broadfield Buzz. Yeah, a couple of things going on around the club. And this only came into the news yesterday. Jonathan, did you know Harry Kewell is odds-on favourite to be the next not, the next not County manager after Kevin Nolan's sacking at Ooh, the weekend? That's pretty tasty, isn't it? It is. It is tasty, Broadfield, buzzy news. You've been, so, you've been working hard on this. I have. Um, Notts County, arguably the biggest team in the league, but they've gone five games without a win now already. And the 3-1 defeat at the weekend uh, to, I think it was Morecambe, a final nail in the coffin for Kevin Nolan. Harry Kewell, odds on favourite. Also, can I just interject on this? 
whenever has a has a manager been sacked in what August? It's not even September yet of, it, of a league season. It's crazy. Yeah, five games into the season, but again, that they came into the league with that tag of being the biggest club in the league. And it's unbelievable pressure on managers to perform uh, nowadays. And and from what I've heard, he had a great first eighteen months of the club as well. So it, it it's pretty bizarre. Um, now Harry was also favourite to go to Charlton. You might remember before Lebo, you got the job last season. Harry Kewell is also up against in those sort of favourite ranks. I think Harry Kewell's ten to eleven on, and Dara Ferguson is about three or five to one. Big big name in management. Yes, yeah, very much so. Both big names in management, actually. Um, maybe Harry Kuehl, not as big a name because of his managerial career, but because of his playing career. But I'd like to hope that Harry has Crawley at heart. Do you want Harry Kuehl to stay at Crawley? Yes, I think so. So do I. Uh, I think I think he needs more. I, I'm sick of managers being sacked after 12, 18 months. Yeah, completely. And also, he started to instill a tactic within the team. It's just going to ruin Crawley if, if a manager goes out now and I comes to start in. again. Yeah. Have to start again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's our opinion on that. Now, something else that's been spoken about. I think it's been resolved now. A couple of people around us on match day have been asking why are Crawley only fielding six substitutes. The reason is in the football league this season, you must have one homegrown player, and we haven't got one. Um, you may have heard in the week Norwich, their changing room away has been painted pink. Oh, being painted. Oh, pink. I, I think Be- I've heard about this actually because it's apparently a very calming colour. Yes, yeah, I've heard. And about it this. sort of reduces the testosterone levels. Did they get the players to paint it as well? Or was, I, or was, I have something no I'm not idea. Misheard? No idea. But it's an interesting one. But I think it's counterintuitive because if I'm going to a team that I know has done that purposely, then it's going to get me riled up a bit. <laughs> now you might not know this. Crawley did the same thing a couple of seasons ago. Did you know the away changing room at Crawley is painted like a really dull, <laughs> ugly green? No, I did not. That's actually quite interesting. Yeah, I, I was I was there Get when they did that. Heads. Yeah, is it, and, it, uh, and we spon- it was sponsored by Carlsberg as well because oh. it was that sort of dirty, horrible green. Um, didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll move on. Um, if you are a junior listener or you've got children, a couple of great things the Cubs are doing at the moment. Junior Reds again is launched for the 18-19 season. Five pounds to join. Loads of benefits as ever. It's a training session, which was this week. Mascot draws at Christmas parties. Birthday card signed by Jimmy Smith. Worth five pounds in itself. Also, mini Reds, under six-year-olds. Uh, Saturdays, 9 till 10 a.m. at the Broadfield Stadium at the 3G pitch opposite Reds Bar. Now... Two final things on Broadfield Buzz. Did you see Pablo Mills' screamer for Michelover Sports FC in the Evo Stick North versus North Ferriby from the weekend? I'm afraid I did not. Get yourself on Twitter. Search for Pablo Mills. It's got quite a lot of attention. It's probably the best goal scored this year. Maybe in the world. I'm not kidding. For the defender, it was about 40 yards out. Goal kick comes out, takes one touch. And from 40 yards on the half volley pings it into the top right-hand corner. Pings it. <laughs> wow. It's something you would call a thronker. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember when Pablo Mills obviously was at Crawley, he had a, uh, a very strong strong strike, I think. He always used to clear Big the ball strong lad. Strong out legs. of the area fairly firmly. And the last thing on Broadfield Buzz, last thing I mentioned, that we mentioned in episode one, the £10 for the iFollow subscription per match. We want to know... Did you pay that fee? Did you watch the game? What was your experience? It surely can't compare to being at a live game, but did it benefit you? Let us know your thoughts on that £10 iFollow match. Also, what's your thoughts on the value for money as well? Do you know what? I actually think, I understand the high price now. I was talking about this and talking to about a fan at the ground as well. I get it. 
because you want it to be expensive because for every £10, the club get less than 50% of that £10. Oh, yeah, this was another question I had, wasn't it? And you yeah, found out I, I did my research, I found out, I spoke to people at the club. So the club get less than half of that £10, okay? So why do we want to promote people paying £10 where that takes them away from being at the club? If it's a cold, rainy Saturday and you've got an option, you can, you can either, previously you could either go to the match or not go to the match. That's it. Now you can go to the match and give the club 20 quid or you can not go to the match and give the club a fiver. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it, no. it's, it's one for sort of more thought, isn't it? Yeah. So I, I would argue that the £10 is, is right. I wouldn't do it any lower. I've changed my mind from episode one. Yeah, no, I have to you agree even, you. You could even say likes. it was higher. Because um, every, every time somebody puts money in that pot, yes, it's a little bit of money going to the club, but is it taking more money out of the club? And also, is it, is it taking away the atmosphere from the game as well? Of course it is. Of course you know, it is, yeah. people will be there. Absolutely. Well, we've pretty much come to the end of this second podcast you're in. And added time now. Anything else to add? Just a couple of things. If you'll go into either of the away games coming up that we've already discussed, away at Oldham, tickets are on sale from the club at 18 quid. On match day at Oldham, that jumps to 24 quid. So if you want to save yourself more than a five, make sure you get your tickets in advance. Something can really to consider about the Lincoln game. It's an all-ticket game. You cannot get tickets at Lincoln on the gate. Really, really important. You might have noticed if you were at the Swindon game, there was a bit of a ticketing system, meltdown, as well as the PA, which was previously fixed, was broken a little bit. I was really impressed with how the club addressed that so quickly on their website the next day, and they fixed it all as well. At the Berry game, PA system working perfectly, which it hasn't done for years and years. It's a real sort of bugbear of everybody's, but it is working perfectly again after it didn't work at the uh, Swindon game. And also, I believe the ticketing system was up and running, which is fab. Good to hear. Yeah. Um, right, one thing we're thinking about, I mean, we, we, it was about two and a half weeks ago since we did episode one. We've now got three games to cover in this episode also. And we're still not sure how often we're going to do it. We, we'd love to do it fortnightly, um, which will give us every two or three games or so. Again, as episode one, we just want your feedback. Do you want to hear it more often, less often? And also, I hope in this episode we've changed things, mixed things up a bit. To, based on your feedback, we a bit more analysis, change the game a bit, slightly longer. Again, keep your feedback coming in. We're really interested to make this your podcast because it's your club, it's your podcast, not ours. We just want to give you what you want to listen to. Yeah, and, ho- and hopefully you like the idea of us getting interviews with players. Let us know if there's a specific player that you want to hear something from about something in particular and we can see if we can try and get that kind of news for you. But thank you so much for listening to, to episode two. If you've made it this far as well, we'll see you again in a couple weeks' time for episode three. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Bye-bye.